the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again, uh, and welcome to Hope for the Homeless uh, podcast. My name is Dean Gartland, and I am the president and CEO of the Washington City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. And so welcome to our podcast. And this will be the final episode uh, and of our mission statement that we've been talking about for the last, oh, probably six, I guess, podcasts we've been doing this. And so let me just... Uh, for those of you who might not know, our mission statement, which is really like the calling of God on my heart, because that's uh, why I'm uh, so fortunate to be uh, a part of this organization. But uh, the uh, the mission statement simply states that City Mission exists to share Christ, to shelter, to heal, and to restore the homeless to independent living without discrimination. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about without the discrimination. And so uh, we know that many of the homeless that walk through our doors come from so many different backgrounds and so many issues and so many issues that they have. Um, uh, but we, uh, at the mission, we open our arms, we accept them in, we love them, we care for them, and uh, help them to uh, uh, achieve the highest level of independence possible for them. And so I have in the uh, studio again with me today, uh, Pastor Doug Bush. Uh, who's one of our house coordinators at the City Mission, uh, who works with a lot of our men um, and women uh, that come through our doors. And so I'm going to defer over here to Doug to talk a little bit about this whole concept of without discrimination and what that means at the City Mission and how uh, he is how he welcomes those who walk through our doors. So, Doug, uh, share with us, uh, our audience, a little bit about that without discrimination piece of our mission statement. Thanks, Dean. A big part of what I do is uh, bringing people into the mission. I assist our intake coordinator with pre-screens and interviews for people who are looking for a shelter and are looking for our program. And um, it's amazing to me the gamut of people that call us looking to come into our program. One of the guys that I worked with recently was a 25-year-old self-professed Muslim, and um, uh, one of those people just with what I, again, trying not to be discriminatory, but that guy had a lot of tattoos. He was the first person I ever seen that actually had tattoos on his eyelids. But um, we brought him in, and uh, we worked with him. We worked with his probation officer, and um, he seemed to be uh, doing well. We do a lot of work with the legal system. All the local police departments mm-hmm. know who we are, and if they find someone in crisis or stranded, they'll bring them to us and uh, drop them off. We get calls and letters every day from penitentiaries throughout the state of Pennsylvania, and we really want those men and women in our facility. We don't want them in the penitentiaries mm-hmm. anymore. We uh, want to save the state 
uh, some money and I help work with these people and um, get them back uh, to being uh, free and on the street and uh, independent again. Uh, one of the things that we see are people in all age groups. So we have a man at the mission right now who's in his early 80s, and uh, we're working diligently to find him safe, secure housing. I have a 20-year-old young man that I'm working with. He's amusing to me because I tell the other guys in the dormitory where he stays that he's 10 years old. That may be his maturity level. But I'm counting on the other guys in the community to help this 20-year-old young man figure out how to navigate Mm -hmm. and how to begin the process of growing up and and maturing and what things a grown-up has to do. This young man's aspiration is to go in the Army. And we're explaining to him that in the Army, they got discipline. (laughs) So it's interesting to watch the interactions between the age groups, between men who have been there for a while and men who are just coming into the program. We have a man uh, with us who's in a wheelchair. We have another man who is in a wheelchair, and we're questioning whether he really needs it or not. So we're encouraging him to use the walker. We're encouraging him to go to physical therapy. We think that he has somehow been in that wheelchair so long that his muscles have atrophied. So we're just encouraging him to walk again. We believe that Jesus healed the lame, and we believe Jesus can heal him as well. Uh, So we see... uh, men of all uh, races, men of all ages, men of all sorts of backgrounds. One of the interesting phenomena is seeing men who come and stay with us for a while and leave and come back. I talked to a guy this morning who had been with us last year and had left us, and we had asked him to leave, not because of violence, but just because of a threat of violence. He had let his anger get out of control. He left and uh, asked if he could come back. We said, sure, come on back. We'll put him on a contract. We explained to him that if he acts out in anger again, we're going to ask him to leave immediately. Mm -hmm. But we believe that the seeds that we planted the first time that he was there are still uh, growing and that they're calling him back uh, to work with us again. Wow, that was yeah, that's pretty that's pretty powerful because this is one of the things that I know a lot of times people don't understand this uh clearly enough. Uh I'm sure there's a, a level of understanding in our uh, society in general, but you know, people that are homeless, uh, you know, they um um have a lot of baggage and a lot of issues that they carry with them. Some of these things have just developed over many, many years of bad decisions and bad relationships, being in uh, bad environments and and things like this. Uh, I know that that's a uh, something that you know as a as a seek help come to the city mission. I mean, these are things we've got to peel away and, and, and kind of separate out so that we can actually deal with those issues and things like that. So when people come. Uh, and I remember this being told to me when I first came to, to the mission was that, you know, this, you know, we don't care about how people come to us. We care very much about how they leave us. And uh, so, 
that is the most critical piece of the puzzle. So when they're coming to us, we certainly get it. I mean, they, they're not perfect. People aren't automatically mature and making good decisions. Uh, um, uh, one of the things I've said to people many, many, many times is this. Just remember that your best thinking got you here. So it's time to really start taking suggestions and, and, and listening to others or what they see, what they and, – and, uh, and learn and grow. And so uh, – so people come uh, from uh, all kinds of different backgrounds, religious backgrounds, uh, other kinds of thoughts. So we've had people at the mission uh, uh, that never even heard of Jesus, I mean, which is kind of remarkable, uh, living in a, in a country that where you can, almost on the radio or TV, you can't hardly turn them on without hearing a, a preacher or a teacher or uh, a church service or something like that, but it just goes to show you that there are certainly pockets uh, throughout our country where people are just have been isolated from church, the the message of Christ, uh, and so forth. Maybe, and I don't know, Doug, if you've had run into people like that or not, but maybe you could talk a little bit about that. What's even more frightening for me is people who have had bad experiences in the church, have been wounded by the church or have been raised with false images of God. I worked with a man just this morning who claims he was raised in the South in a Baptist tradition where he was told that the things that he was doing, that his sins were going to take him to hell. And uh, so we believe in the love of Jesus Christ. We believe in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We believe that the work that Jesus did on the cross forgives us of our sins if we're believers and we come to Jesus and ask for that forgiveness. So it was awesome for me to be able to help that man to understand that um, he's not going to hell because of what he did in the past, that Jesus loves him and wants to help him. And then he doesn't have to live in that, uh, uh, those things that have happened to him in the past. I tell people when I talk to them on the phone that they don't have to be Christian to come with us. And they don't have to be Christian to stay with us. But they're going to listen to us preach and pray. And so it's our desire that the message be carried. And our services are mandatory. So everyone has to attend. And yeah. uh, we're going to preach Jesus Christ Every day at the city mission. Yeah. And I've had people come to me and say, you know, Dean, I'm, I I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. You know, why do I have to go to that chapel service and, uh, um, or sit in there? And I said, well, listen, you, you, you can sit there with your eyes closed and not even listen if you don't want to. I mean, that's up to you. Uh, you know, it's just that, uh, to be consistent with everybody coming through the program, it's part of that. Um, and one of the things that I shared with others uh, that when they said, why do you make it mandatory to do that? And I said, well, listen, uh, it's kind of like this. If somebody came into the mission and they had a broken leg, I would be um, uh, very uh, uh, dismissed if I didn't take that person to the hospital to get that leg fixed. Um, and and it wouldn't be right. And I wouldn't be able to, I couldn't even let the person stay at the mission if they uh, refused to go get that leg uh, fixed. And so when people walk through our doors, they're broken. They're spiritually broken. And many times they are physically broken too, but they're spiritually broken. So why would I not have them put them in a place of healing, of spiritual healing, 
um, and and to help them with that brokenness. Now, you know, a person can go to the hospital and they could, you know, go to fix his leg or whatever, and he can refuse it. But my responsibility is is this. I'm going to get him to a hospital. I'm not going. Uh, and if he doesn't want to go to the hospital, then this is probably not the place for him to be. Uh, it's the same thing on the spiritual side. You know, you're spiritually broken. I need to put you in a in a spiritual hospital. And so you need to go to the uh, the chapel services. If you don't want to listen, that's up to you. Uh, but that's where the healing is going to take place. And so I'm uh, so I always encourage people. And, and when I explain it that way, many most people say, OK, I get it, you know, uh, and that's how the program operates. And so they go. And the thing that is really cool about all that is, generally speaking, many of them come to know Jesus as a result of being in those chapel services and the healing that takes place spiritually for them, even when they're resistant to it. Uh, at, at, at the beginning, I had a gentleman one time because we do have churches that come in and they do chapel services and some come in with music. And we did a, a morning Sunday morning chapel service. We had a local church doing it. And the one gentleman had said he was totally resistant, didn't want to go. And I explained to him about what I just said. You know, you gotta, you're broken. You know, you got to go to the spiritual hospital. So be at the service, you know, and uh he and uh, I guess it must have been maybe two, three months later. He had come to me and he said, "Dean, I just want to tell you, I went to that service. Uh, they're playing music, they're worshiping." He said, "I just closed, you know, I had my eyes closed. I just didn't want to hear it." He said, "In about three weeks, in the next thing you know, I find myself tapping my toes on the floor and uh, I'm listening to the music. And next thing you know, he said, the next thing you know, I got my hands in the air. I'm worshiping God. He said, and there was just like this uh, overflow with this warmth and this feeling that, man, that God had just lifted this burden off of me. I was so glad that I came to those chapels. What a testimony. It was powerful, powerful testimony. Well, anyways, so uh, with that said, you know, without discrimination, we'd look at people, whatever religion, whatever race, doesn't matter uh, how they come into the mission. It's how they leave the mission that's most important to us. And so with that said, I want to thank you, Doug, for being with us today and sharing uh, from your perspective on this. Thank you for joining us for today's discussion. Uh, I want everybody in our audience, feel free to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under at City Mission 1941. And so if you can connect with us, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you uh, as you hear these podcasts and if there's something uh, that uh, you need to know or a question you have or or maybe you're just in somebody who is in need and uh, you're hearing the podcast and you're thinking, boy, that sounds like a place I need to be. Uh, connect with us. We would love to help you. All right. So with that said, thank you again for joining us today for the Hope for the Homeless podcast from Washington City Mission. And again, uh, visit us at citymission.org. And thank you so very much for listening today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.